This Boston Bruins postgame podcast at WEI.com presented by AT&T. I'm Ken Laird along with Bruins reporter DJ Bean. Another OT sizzler in Florida. One to nothing, the Bruins take it, and they take a share of first place on Brad Marchand's 34th goal, DJ. Can you believe it? First place for the Bees, at least sort of partway, right? I just can't believe that Jonas Gustafsson had a great game. What are you talking about? <laughs> way, to, way to bury the lead there. No, I mean, I can't. Uh, no, the short answer is no. I, I, I know that it, it's taken uh, the three of these games in, in this pretty impressive five-game run have, have gone to, to overtime. But they're against really good teams. And if you, take, if you look at it, you take a step back and don't look at the, the overall performances and think, oh, well, here they, they could have won in regulation this game and they should have just gotten the two cleanly in that game. To be 4-0-1 in this stretch and, I mean, even take the, uh, even take the, um, the, the, the Calgary game out of it, to have beaten a team like the Blackhawks, to have beaten... The Lightning tonight, Florida last night, um, very, very impressive, and one that, a stretch that I didn't see coming. Well, no, and hey, we'll get to Gustafson here in a moment, but you're right. They beat three first-place teams. Claude Julian's getting a ton of credit. You wrote an amazing piece at, at EEI today it about, about that. Okay, it was a fair piece. Uh, <laughs> when is the Don Sweeney piece coming, though? They're 4-0-1 since the trade deadline, and part of this is the acquisitions and the keeping of Louis Erickson, the own rental, the, you know, this roster is responding. you got to give the guy some props. I'll absolutely give, give him credit. I think I've, I've kind of worked into a nice little routine here where Don Sweeney makes a move. I just destroy him for it, and then like <laughs> a few days later, I'm proven completely wrong. Uh, I would still say that it's a little too early to say that all right, it was worth uh, investing these draft picks, and uh, but you know what? The, the proof is in the pudding so far, at least. They're, the, the, the team has some, I don't know if I can say balls, so I'll say some, some extra grit um, and, and certainly confidence since they make those moves. I think that's honestly one of the bigger things that they got from the trade deadline is a room full of guys knowing, okay, whether it's, the, the FNLOL type of run we're going to make, we're here to make a run. So they all seem committed, and they've, they've gotten the results thus far. I'm going to make a poor movie analogy here, but this, this, I'm all about entertainment. So you know, to me, giving up a second through fifth draft pick and giving away the asset return you could have gotten, I'm being entertained two nights in a row here. It reminds me of like Rocky Five or Rocky Six, where you're seeing some of the old guys and old characters you used to love, and you're getting a kick out of it again. You know what I mean? You're seeing Chara not at his best. You're, you're seeing Bergeron, uh, who's not over the hill, but uh, do you feel me on that? You're, you're getting a glimpse no, of, yeah, of, of yeah, success I, I past. Totally and that, that's, why I like, um, that's why I like the Panthers and why I wanted them to get you know, Chara at the trade deadline because, like, how great would that have been? This, this team in Florida kind of playing with no pressure, and they've got Yarmir Yager and Zdeno Chara out there kind of carrying the load. I think that the lack of uh, real expectations on this team, I think the reason why people are, are enjoying this run so much, and it's exactly what I described when we came up with the whole FNLOL thing, is that, yeah, you want to see the team go far and you want to see the team do well. But if they don't do well, you're not going to be totally surprised. You're not going to be shocked if a team that has Lee Stempniak as its first-line right wing 
doesn't go deep in the playoffs, but, you know, until they do hit that kind of wall, everyone's going to love what they're doing because, as you said, they've, they've got Lee Stempniak <laughs> playing on their, their, uh, their first line. They've got Dan Chara uh, certainly past his prime. They're relying on guys like John Michael Lyles, who, I mean, everyone left when they traded for that guy, and already he's making an impact. So, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, even if the expectations aren't high, I think that's why people do like this team. Tonight was uh, one of those games where they were hanging on in, in large stretches in the second and third period, though. I mean, you do, you do have to be honest with yourself about it. Tampa certainly controlled the Corsi and, and all the fancy stats. But uh, good old Gustafson, 42 saves for his, what, career record in terms of saves and, and his seventh career shutout. Um, yeah. He's, he's pulled into a goals against average tie with Tuka Rask. I'm not saying he is Tuka Rask, but you've got to marvel at the, at the work he's done statistically. Yeah, statistically it's good. And, I mean, we, we've got this argument all the time. I, he, he's just always failed the eye test for me. Tonight, you look at all the shots on goal and you figure, oh, okay, and that must mean that Tampa was throwing every puck they got on net. So the, the chances probably weren't that great and the quality of the shots were probably low because a lot of times when goaltenders do face a zillion shots, they're not always the toughest shots. But I will defend Jonas Gustafsson here and say that he had to rob guys at points and he was... He played stellar tonight, and it was a performance that I didn't think Jonas Gustafsson had in him, so I will give him all the credit in the world. And if he can ever channel anything like this down the stretch, then then the Bruins are in business because, I mean, they'll be able to rest Tuka Rask as, as much as they want. I'm not optimistic that he'll be able to play this way uh, on a night-in, night-out basis, but certainly you'll be able to, to play Tuka Rask less frequently than seven games in a row, which is what he had done entering this game. So all the credit in the world, Jonas Gustafsson. You were right. I was wrong. Uh, I wasn't right, but you're, um, you're, by, by you, you mean Gustafsson was right, not not Ken Laird. No, no, I'm, I'm, I, I know that, that you've been pro-Gustafsson. Oh, no, not really. Strongly not, anti-Gustafsson. I'm, I, no, actually, I've kind of been on your side. I, he has failed the eye test. I would agree with you on that. The rebound control is not there. If, if anything... His rebound control is so bad it caroms beyond the first wave of, of like uh, four, you know, guys in the crease that it, right. it kind of it saves him. Maybe it bounces off the zone. I know. So, hey, maybe it's sneaky genius by him. Uh, how about the line tweaks with uh, Joe Morrow in on the second half of the back-to-back and also uh, Erickson popped back up to the Krejci line? Well, you know I like Erickson on that Krejci line. I think that, that having two great two-way players like Erickson and Krejci makes it just such smooth sailing for David Pasternak, who Pasternak, you know, again, he had a bad turnover tonight, and Cole's not going to like that stuff, but I think that for the sake of keeping Pasternak there, you'd rather have Erickson be on the other wing, so I like that. Uh, the moral thing is interesting, because I'm, I'm a big uh, lefty-righty guy, and I know the quote Julian is too, so I was surprised that he would ice a lineup with only uh, one right-handed defenseman, but, you know, Cloves. Close a clever guy, and he's not afraid to think out the box as, or outside of the box as, as stubborn as, as we may think he is at times. Well, speaking of thinking out of the box, as we wrap this one up, I mean, if indeed the Bruins could get a, a one seed out of the Atlantic, is that good news? Would you love to see them play Pittsburgh, Detroit, Philly, as opposed to head to head with Tampa or Florida, the loser uh, who finishes in second place? Absolutely. I think that the ideal situation if you're the Bruins is. To win the Atlantic, face a team like Detroit in the first round, I, I still think you can beat Detroit, and then 
with any luck, uh, uh, Tampa and Florida either tucker each other out or, or maybe uh, Florida even eliminates Tampa. And then you get to say that you made it to the Eastern Conference Finals because potentially if because you had two winnable series against a team like Detroit and then against a team like Florida. Now, would it shock us if the Bruins got Detroit in the first round and lost? Probably not, but I think it's a winnable series for the Bruins, and I think that so with Florida. Uh, Tampa, I still think, is a better team than the Bruins. They've been very hot of late despite having lost two games in a row. I would still fear them if I were to face them in the playoffs, so I would definitely prefer Florida, but there are some winnable series out there for the Bruins, and I think the easiest path to them is to not overthink it and try to get that first seed. It's almost hard to even imagine them winning this division. I mean, I know I know the division's not good, and we've said it from the jump, but still, you know? You, you know as well as I do how bad this division is. But yeah, to, to make up the ground that they have would be very impressive. Uh, it would be, I don't know how the fans would react going into the postseason on that. It would be, it would be almost mocking uh, ego, you know? Just like, yeah, we're here. Deal with it. Right. They would have to make up the FLL shirts <laughs> at that point. They really would. Well, I think was it you who was saying that you hope that fans embrace winning the division like it's winning the Stanley Cup? Uh, absolutely. Like, I mean, <laughs> they they gave up these assets. They kept Louis Erickson. All right, let's let's treat the Atlantic Division like the Stanley Cup. And like, I'm surprised they're not. They're not out celebrating tonight in the streets of Boston <laughs> after beating Tampa right now. That's a huge win. Hey, 70 degrees tomorrow and an off day, they just might. They might be out with the duck boats uh, <laughs> at some point tomorrow afternoon. Good stuff, DJ. Looking forward to uh, the rest of the week. We'll talk to you Friday. Awesome. Thanks, Ken. DJ Bean all over the WEI.com Bruins blog. Of course, as always, we're brought to you by AT&T here on the Postgame Podcast side.